So I think we, this is like really the, you sort of like building the community with really the data, which is quite amazing. Welcome to Play in Conversations, the podcast where we delve into the world of design and explore the endless opportunities that await designers and brands. I'm Simon Martin, Head of Content Strategy at Play & Co, and joining me are Karen and Brendan Hutchison, the founders of Play & Co. Together, we'll be your hosts as we embark on insightful design conversations that inspire and inform. Hi everyone, Pater and I go way back to 2007 where we met at Philips Design in Hong Kong. Pater led the visual trends analysis and colour material and finishes team, defining and implementing bespoke CMF strategies for everything from kitchen appliances to home audio products to peripherals and accessories like headphones, mice, Bluetooth speakers and more. Putter and her team were influential and highly regarded across the global enterprise. Putter is Thai, a mother of two beautiful kids, a trained architect and an all-round creative powerhouse. In 2015, she founded By Unite with a mission for building community, connecting people and scaling business through cooking. Today, Bite Unite has locations in Hong Kong, San Francisco, and New York. They have plans to expand into several other cities across the US, leveraging the power of data and insights to identify suitable locations and meaningful connect hosts with patrons. I've always been drawn to Putter for her entrepreneurial edge and her unmistakably warm and jovial spirit. We hope you enjoy this episode. Wow. Where do we begin, Putter? Um, it's been a minute. I think the last time we saw you would have been in a bar in Hong Kong at about 5 a.m. <laughs> as we were all saying goodbye to each other drunkenly after our creative director bought boxes of champagne. And, and we were young and we, you had kids, but we were all young enough to party and it was and I think I might have thrown up on the way home. <laughs> Karen, help me get home. They, they, That's probably the best time of our life to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were the good times. Um, we, we've been lucky to have such a long friendship. I mean, we first met you when we started at Philips, like back in 2007 at Philips Design in Hong Kong. And um, we had the pleasure to work with Pada. Pada, you did. Uh, you were the head of CMF, were you? If I recall. Yep, I was doing um, the color and materials, and later on, I was doing more like design workshop. I think at the end of it, I think you guys probably left a little bit that, and then just doing a lot of like innovation design workshop at the end. But uh, I think. Karen and Pada are underselling you here. So your background, you're a trained architect, right? Yeah. So trained architect and you got your architecture degree in Thailand? Yes. In Bangkok. Great. So the picture that I would like to paint is that, yeah, at Philips, you were head of the visual trends and color material and finish lab um, in Philips Design in Hong Kong. It was a huge studio. It was about 170 people. But what I was saying to Simon in the introductory email, what I really got out, I before I came to Philips, it was just assumed that everywhere else I'd worked, and that wasn't many places, that 
the industrial designer was responsible for color materials and finishes. They were responsible for their own color proposals. And when we came to, to Philips, I'd never seen color materials and finishes and visual trends orchestrated on a portfolio level. Right, so you guys did those trend guides, you built color palettes for different portfolios, you anticipated the market. It, there was a, like a rigor and a, and a really a, um, a rich point of view around how we should approach it. And that has stuck with Karen and I since uh, we worked at Philips. So on the professional level, it, this was, I loved working with you and the rest of the team, Lydia, Yannick, Man Lim, uh, those were the good old days. It was a party. Um, so party at work, party after work. And uh, hopefully you can see in some of the work that Play & Co has done, um, mm. some of that flavor that you guys really built into the Philips design work. You know, the color that we, we put into our products, the, the personality, it all comes from there. So... Thank you. Right. Yeah, thank you, Pato. You know, like what we did maybe 10 years ago, it has evolved a lot. I think before, um, definitely like the scene of like the business was changing so much, like from physical product design to a lot much more like, you know, entire user experience. And I think what was done before is pretty much about more like, to me, it's more like a creative directions on, you know, expressions. And, you know, 10 years ago, it was color, but today it was something else. It was like, you know, like UX, UI, how people press, what people are looking for. And I think, yeah, I mean, I had been following your um, paper, Karen's, um, and I think um, a lot of times we had sort of more like evolved into much more holistic, like the whole experience, right? The way you, people interact with the products, but it doesn't have to be physical, but whatever you do across the whole thing, you must have like at least a goal or creative direction to bring like 10 people in a team together. I think that's that's what the heart is. And 10 years ago, it was color. And then to me today, you know, color has changed to something else, right? Like, especially like running by United, by my own, by myself, like across with different function and goal and stuff like that it's so so let's back up a second Pada. Uh, so bite unite so how did this experience of running the design workshops and uh various collaboration um at phillips how did that spin into the idea for bite unite and and t t just tell us a little bit about bite unite period which you are the founder of right i mean i think it's really start when we were together in hong kong um, <clears throat> i think we are a bunch of designers from different countries which is really unique and even like i'm out there out here in san francisco it's not every company that can be that diverse i'm telling you i think Especially the energy that town that we have for Philip Design Hong Kong was pretty special. Even you go Philip today, it's much more boring than before because the age group of people we, we, we were there together and we were like 25 and above. And I think the energy was there. And I think that was how I get into Bite Unite because I was doing a lot of innovation workshop design. We were looking at the future of people. <clears throat> we were looking particular on millennials and Gen Z. And I think I was hooked up with the millennials values where 
um, people don't actually purchase item, but people want to experience the items. And I think that's the key. People don't want to pay anything or own anything and people want to be able to share. So the word things like social has come up. And the second things about that is that about the food, because we were coming from like totally different background. I have experienced like the Italian food with the real Italian guy, the way he talks about pasta. My best friend was Yannick, which is a French guy. And... One day we were going to like Starbucks and <clears throat> we were having fake lemon tart, sort of like, you know, bad lemon tart from Starbucks. And Yannick always made like really good lemon tart. And he was always talking about like how the French done lemon tart in Nice and all that. And that was like the, the, the spark of me to do the Bayou Night. I believe in that if people who come from that food and culture, they can close their eye and make amazing food. Like Simon, what did you do well? What did you cook well? Tell me. You know, I I love I love to grill. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm fortunate to have a, a patio here in um, in New York, and one of the first things I did was get not a gas barbecue, but a charcoal barbecue. Yeah. Um, and I I just really fell in love with the with the primalness of it, um, I... and and heat and smoke. Um, and I, I love it. Yeah, and that's the idea. I would lo- want to learn the barbecue from you because you grow up with that. It's in American culture and it's not in Asian culture about like, you know, those have a barbecue. Like go to a- Asia and eat burger. We don't know how to make good burger like because we just not born with it. If you go to any American, they can close their eye and they will just make amazing burger, right? So that, that was the idea of really more about authentic like food that come from the real people. And that was really the starting point of like by Unite. And because of the Gen C and trends that we were looking, that people would like to be sharing together. And that's how kind of like I sort of like put the idea together that sort of like community kitchen where millennials like to be able to share things about food, <clears throat> even though they are not the chef. So completely sort of like the spot. And you might see that kind of like super boom in about like five years ago with like um, cloud kitchens and all that. So we did about like now eight years ago when the idea was first started. And yeah, Travis, which is the Uber CEO guy, make it kind of boom in about five years ago, the cloud kitchen. So that was really the starting point of the Unite community kitchen. So, so for those who are listening that don't know what what is can you frame up what bite unite is as a product or a platform and, and what you sell or offer i mean the platform of bite unite today it has evolved so much in the past seven years we first started more like a cloud kitchen but i end up a lot meeting with so many people and right now it's more like a SaaS and marketplace i don't know you guys are familiar with SaaS platform it means that um there's a two audience right here first audience is people who actually want to start a food business so if you go out there today, anybody in the world right now um, can actually start food business by signing up on Unite and they can start their own, you know, shop and so about, and it's purely about kind of cooking classes, experience, private dinner, food tour and anything. <clears throat> That's one side of it. The second side of it is basically the foodie, the people who love to try different culture through food, they can sign up through that. And I think... Um, in the past few years, we have scaled up with the platform 
and not sticking to the physical, it means we are actually go more like a lot more location. Um, and that's the plan in like the next few years. So it's more like a SaaS model, if you think that way, if you understand what, yeah. Can I just say though, that uh, that was really, I, I haven't even heard you explain the origins of Byte Unite. And I think it's really nice to hear where it came from and the origins. And we all sat in a Starbucks and bitched about the sausage rolls and the pastries and go, oh, okay, if I have to, I'll eat it. Um, <laughs> it was kind of nice to hear you say that. So um, really, and really rich and really nice to hear about the, that it was, I, cause I just look at your Instagram and I feel that there's a sense of community and culture about it, but it's definitely the core of the proposition, right? The core of what Bite Unite's about, bringing people together from different cultures, buy food to, to create these rich experiences. Yeah. I mean, in, especially in the, you know, like economy right now where people are definitely looking for something that they want to do as a second job. It's especially right now, it's a platform where anybody who love to share their food, but also earn more, um, is a platform for them. So they will be kind of joining. Um, and the other side, basically people who want to experience like different food. And you probably see a few startups in the U.S. that get really, really big funding as well. Um, for, for me as well, like with the Bite Unite location right now, we are pretty in the good position of the key market in the U.S., like New York, San Francisco, and Hong Kong as well. We'd like to take a moment to remind you that Play in Conversations is brought to you by Play and Co. If you want to explore more about design opportunities, discover new insights, or connect with Play Co. for a design project, be sure to visit playandco.com. I know we had the pleasure of uh, visiting your first Bite Unite in Hong Kong when we visited back in, was it 2015 or no, 2017, I think when we went to, back to Hong Kong um, and we were really lucky to see the space and what you created in, and it was so unique for a space in Hong Kong. Um, and it, it, what was nice is that it was a great place to collaborate and meet and greet people again and have coffee and eat amazing food and sort of share experiences. So it was, it was well-designed. The kitchen was amazing the interiors were like, you could tell that your architecture sort of background came through and your, and your CMF or colour materials background came through because the choice of materials in the in the space were amazing. And then you opened, you moved to your next point was San Francisco, was it, in the Bay Area, I think? Yeah. Um, and we haven't had the pleasure yet to go there. Um, we will. Yeah, we will. Don't worry. But um, you can see oh, yes. that sort of model and the, the, the beauty of the space that um, sort of translated to, to your other two locations. And along with your um, logo, I don't know if you designed that yourself or. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, um, I end up. You know, the, the Bayou Night looks like I'm kind of running on my own, but I have like a few people like really running on different things behind it. Really like just, it's really purely on the, the back end of it that is pretty heavy. And the, on the marketing as well to build the communities. 
Pada, you know, I've been in New York. There's a lot of um, sort of social clubs that I've um, had the opportunity to attend various events at. And, you know, so much of it comes down to the, the space and the interiors. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and, you know, like it's it's almost designed for community. So so with 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 your background in design, how did you apply uh, some of those elements to how you approached Bite Unite and its community building ethos? I mean, um, <clears throat> about the space, um, it does really one of the key thing how people choose to experience themselves into this, especially like talk about foodie. Um, the company want to spend $200 per person. You want to, first people look at the chef, second people look at the space. And the space that we designed was pretty much first, it's going to be obviously, it's have to be about cooking. Secondly, it's have to be some place where people actually can work together as a group. And that's the whole idea of it. Um, and the third, that's a lot of people did not kind of put them into like their first priority. But for me, we do is actually natural light. First of all, natural light bring you so much about, you know, kind of like hygiene. Second of all, it's always look good with food. In the U.S., there's a couple of company only who run like across location. And we are probably one of the four of them that run like all of this. And not everybody will cares about locations as their priority. We all have a priority of like cooking, space and chef, right? Three things. And I think each company put the priority on different things. Like first could be like a chef, second could be about space, third could be about food. And I think the space is one of our kind of like priority that when people go in there, you want people to feel like, man, I spent $200 and I feel different and I feel special. Like I feel like it's worthwhile for me to spend this money. For example, like you went to a restaurant, you know, a lot of restaurants where you went to like spend $100 when you go like a place um, that are spatial, you feel like it's worth it. Um, I think we proved with like our rooftop space in San Francisco, which you guys should come. It's like beautiful will. People will come, people will just buy for like the experience that they have in the space already. So, so Pato, what, what, what's, what's one of your favorite Bite Unite sort of success stories that sort of captures the, you know, this idea of community building and, and food and, bringing different cultures together. What's, what's a good example of that, that, you know, somebody could, could learn from in terms of, you know, what it means to build a community, uh, you know, on that level, regardless of, if they're, you know, in a different industry or, or are, are an online presence, like, what do you think is that essence of community, uh, that works and is sticky and, and how have you seen that become a success in by with something by United has been involved with? Um, I think the past six year has um, teach me a lot about how to go about different markets and be able to scale up globally uh, without basically the first three years, we will not be able to scale up beyond the locations. And I think now the platform and also the infrastructure that we have with the team would allow us to actually expand to um, a lot more location if we want to right now. 
It just um, so, for example, location like New York is really the design of the new platform that we have on the SaaS, um, and also the marketing structure that we do that we would be able to do that. And we understand them so well. How do we get there? And I think that's the best way to build the communities. Before I will have to say, like four years ago, we were working in the dark. You know, like you were like, okay, I'm gonna. Even San Francisco was one of those. Like you were like, okay, I got like XXX millions. We're gonna go there and build it, and hopefully, it's gonna like be beautiful. And I think with today, with the data that we have, we have exactly like we're gonna go after New York. We will be able to make to the top three, and this is one, two, three. How we do it. This is how much we will get it, how much we will earn, and how do we get like everything set up. So I think we this is like really the you sort of like building the community with really the data, which is quite amazing. It's kind of a unique scalable model. Like it's almost like that stuff never really happens too much. I mean, bricks and mortar you get that in sort of big sort of retail. Um, right sort of department stores or shops and that, but in sense of a sort of a community-based restaurant sort of feel, it's very unique um, to have that sort of that sort of scalable model. And, and knowing what your projected outlook will be is quite incredible based on the data and that mm-hmm. sort of that, that, yeah. that knowledge. And we don't also, we don't um, own a location anymore. Like in the future, like you in New York, we don't own them, um, but we had a business model that, and also infrastructure that run it. So really, focus in the future, which is the trend, which is like working from home. Working from home is great for Byte United. It's been building a lot of uh, revenue for us because people don't go to office. This is the way to meet up. So we are doing very well on that. Um, secondly, it's also you know changing consumer behavior from going to physical to online. We're on top of that. Third of all, also like more like a demand kind of like um, resource or like uh, um, staff labor. We don't go on like the old business model where you hire people, you know, um, seven days a week, pay them full times. It's really more like everything is on, on demand. So sort of like make it um, business financial viable. I think that's uh, what you both just talked about is since we've all started, since we started Planco, since you started Byte Unite, the world has changed. The world of business has changed in ways that you, we couldn't have possibly predicted, right? So the pandemic was a huge thing. Um, and now we're, we're on the dawn of this kind of, this new era of artificial intelligence and technology, tech advancements. What you're talking to, to me, is you're kind of, the ad- adaptation by necessity, <clears throat> right? So, uh, and and business models are evolving to be totally new business models that have never existed before. So, th- I think it's really important what you said about people work from home. They're, they're like Karen and I, we work from home. We're in the same environment all day, every day. The last thing I want to do on the weekend is sit in that same place that I've been at <laughs> from Monday to Friday. <laughs> Uh, you know, or 24 hours. So something like Bite Unite gives people a, a low-hanging fruit or an opportunity to get out as a new activity um, 
to meet other people or to meet colleagues that they just see on Zoom, for example, and um, to connect over food. And food is like this beautiful bonding kind of, um, it's, it's like a coagulant for relationships as long as there's wine involved as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Walk me through a typical Bite Unite experience for, uh, for somebody in San Francisco, New York, um, wherever. Like, like if I sign up online, like how do I sign up? What's, what's that experience look like all the way through to, you know, I'm finishing my last drop of wine? I mean, for consumer, it's pretty simple. You go online, you purchase based on the experience that you feel like doing. And also uh, with the data that we have these days, we know exactly when, uh, what type of, you know, what type of experience people are looking for. And this is something quite new for us. Before you were like, we hope that people will like, like Mexican food. But today we know exactly like what, people were looking for, which is quite amazing. And why people want to do that for? Uh, is it like a dating? Is it like a couple? Is it like 50th birthday? Or it is like, you know, my child's birthday. Like you, we sort of like have those data to be able to experience that. So when people come, they will be able to find something that kind of like closer to them. And we work on the back end to match what people want. So that's sort of like for a consumer, it's pretty simple. For the other side of the world, is which is the chef, which is we get a lot of more like um, the demand now as well as the people who are working from home, driving them to do something that they love more as a passion. So a lot of people who has a full-time job as like tech, you know, whatever, like they do product manager at Oracle, everybody still want to do something about food as first, it's like earn more. A lot of time people talk about passion of food. It's... It's just more people want to share um, about their food and culture. So those, they can sign up online by unite.com slash hers. And the platform will allow them to be able to create like simonplayandco.com, like eateries. And you'll be teaching people how to do barbecue. You set up your own pricing. Um, you don't have to pay the membership like in monthly, but every transaction you made by unite will get some of the part of transaction fee. And that's how kind of big part of us is on actually 50-50. So we sort of like have two big revenue on the chef side and on the guest side. Mm. Okay, I'm starting to get the concept, mm. the new concept now. So the data aspect, it, it, you're kind of, but in a much richer way, like the Uber of community cooking, right? Because you're helping Simon launch his grilling kind of education course you give him the platform to do that as a as a chef and then but you also give him the audience and the community exposure too so he can he can list his courses a little bit like masterclass even mm. um and then um your and bite unite is the platform that unites him with the community yeah because because if you know go to internet today it's very very hard for simon.com to actually people will it's very very hard for people to find simon.com impossible yeah and without simon knowing what exactly simon might love how to do barbecue but simon might not know what people want to do in that barbecue yeah and where like in New York or in San Francisco, like every city are different and people, 
we we sort of like have the insight on those and those are coming from like just like marketing work that we do but with that we will be able to put simon on the top three list in new york in like two weeks yeah and that's is the benefit of by unite and that's why a lot of people come you know it's it's just a lot of invest simon can do it to be on the top three of like you know in new york but it just takes so much it's not just money well, you've, I think you've inspired me to start a, a barbecue course, Pada. I know, you're the um, job. <laughs> so, I mean, surely this, this couldn't have just been an easy thing to build. So what, what were some of the challenges you, you've had along the way um, in creating such a remarkable product? Um, and, and how did you overcome them? Um, I think, you know, like, 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 uh, like Brenda was saying, nothing was easy. Um, I think you will learn from actually trying in a smaller scale and there will be mistakes along the way. And that's what you learn. But also I'm always tell people that I meet that, um, never, if you never try, you never know, you know, you can do a lot of research and all that, but without you actually kept testing on it, tasting the water, um, you will never know. Like New York has been, um, one of really, really, um, amazing example for myself, like, one day we say saw data that oh my god New York market is so huge, so we were just putting like couple of interesting class without any infrastructure without any, and boom it was like tons of booking it was like holy shit sorry, but then um then that was just the first point of like you know getting to know the market and of course nothing was easy everything you have to taste. And then from there, we need to know more what people want. And again, I think the, about doing business, um, anything like for me, it's really let's go back to like original thing that me and Brennan and Karen always do. It's which I learned a lot about. You need to know what people want and give them what they want because you can do whatever you love that is beautiful or like you think is so cool. But if you don't know if people want that, there will be no, like people will not purchase them anywhere, whatever that is experience products or whatever. So it's gotta be like, really the first thing is still really, you know, before it was a research, but today there's so many way for you to be able to go deep into that data of what people actually want. The way you broke it down, Pada, to me, when you said test on a small scale, and then build from there. That's, I mean, that's a business formula, but that's a cooking formula too. So I thought that was a nice kind of analogy, you know, throw a little bit of, we better put some spice on this thing because we're going into New York and we want it to ignite. Well, it's a great way to validate if that market is relevant, like for you, like, because doing a whole kitchen, building a kitchen and a space is a huge investment. So if you jump straight into that and you find out that it just didn't work in a city, like, for example, New York, then you've wasted all this time and energy and money building it. And I think that's, it's amazing because Testing the water in cooking is challenging because you need that thing, but you've you've worked out a, sort of a magic, sort of um, I could say a magic list ingredient list in some ways to formula. make yeah formula to make it work. I mean, one thing that I also um, like wanted to tell people who want to kind of do something is you never get a profit or whatever, you know, on the first thing, first day that you do. And I'll always tell everybody that I meet, like especially like chef hosts, 
you're going to have to invest yourself. But I think at the beginning of your venture, what you wanted to do is minimize your risk and make sure that your risk is not too high, that if it's like doesn't work, it doesn't kill you. Right. So those are the the key thing on about running anything. And, and take, taking from from what you've learned uh, thus far, Pada, what what do you plans for the future of Bad Unite um, and what's what's on the horizon there? So I think we sort of like had a playbook about how do we um, launch into the market with the data and how we actually get into like the top lists and stuff. We probably in the coming next year, we're going to launch them into like Chicago, Boston and Austin, the market that we already have that we know what people want. Um, so those will sort of like be our next kind of plan. A lot of what you say resonates quite squarely with Karen and I, I just going to throw that out there. I mean, there's something about trying to be an on, a budding entrepreneur failing miserably and then still cr- having, building a, a tough skin or creating a, a a persona that is able to deal with that in a in a way that that just helps you to carry on right and i think when you when you have to start a venture when you oh actually i do have one question why what made okay because karen and i moved to la we knew no one in la when we started playing code but we we're just like fuck it playing code is about telling stories we're going to go to the home of storytelling hollywood why did you choose San Francisco from Hong Kong? So I think the Bayou and I really built on the values. And I mean, we all in the U.S., we know before I come here, I, I moved here just five years ago for Simon too. Before I have no idea about what really diversity means to you, you know, today, you know exactly what diversity mean. What it mean is it's also it mean what the value of the business have to sit on top of values of the city. Mm. If not, it will never work. The values of the company need to sit on the values of the city. We also believe that the values need to sit on whoever is using the product as well, right? So we're talking a lot about in, um, in this new report that we're writing that you know if you build an, a fantastic internal company culture then that's going to the external culture will take care of itself so if you look after the people that you're serving your employees um, the chefs that want to use your platform the budding chefs then that's going to take care of the wider community because they 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 actually i think for Bite Unite, they they become the platform, right? They become the face of your brand, and then it becomes a bit of an orga- organic model. So yeah, it's a little bit more. Remember, it's always about both sides of it. It's about first um, the the chef is the person who's really created the whole experience. Bite Unite really rely on a bit of like diverse of the cuisine, diverse of the food, culture, and people. So first, if you have in the city where it's very diverse, you have sort of like much more different type of cuisine. But second of all, people who's like the guests or diner, they also have to be the people who are very open for new idea. They want to try like you know, like South African food, they want to try like, you know, Asian food that they never heard before. And that is the success of the brand will forage in the city that have the value, the support 
definitely place like New York, um, I think Chicago, uh, Seattle, um, Poland, those are the city where that, that's also came from on the data on how, you know, people wanted to try, right? Um, in certain city, it will be more like very kind of like one type of cuisine that work, for example. That's that's fascinating, Pata. Um, so in in a way, like you're 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 leveraging data in the creation of building communities. So, are there any insights that you've learned um, in in how you've approached that community building with that data? I think eventually, also what I learned a lot, you know. Seven years ago, we were so young. We were like, I love to do this. I want to do this. This is my passion. I'm going, putting everything in my life into it, and hopefully it works. But I think today is a lot more about like, man, um, I'm going to put like XXX. I know exactly that I'm going to put them into that building community at this place. What would be the return on investment on that, on every aspect from like marketing, revenue, and you're basically, it's just like you run your sort of like your runway, right? Your startup. You have one year to build New York. Um, this is how much you want to go in, how much you want to have the in investment in returns. And those are like the thing that you want to be pretty specific because with that, it's comes down to like, which city you're going after, what type of shape you are looking for, what type of location, even thinking about just like New York by itself, she would be in Brooklyn or she would be in Manhattan. Which part of Manhattan that actually have more like people want to spend to do this? For example, like the data, the, the biggest revenue for a small like a group cooking classes that where the, the, the heart and core of the Bike Unite is as well. And we have to know, for example, like exactly in New York, where would that be the location wise? What are the size? So everything come down to really like the, the return on investment and come down to like how big the market size is. You know, like Karen, we did a lot of before, like I do a lot. I remember giving presentation to designer about we should do this because market size is this big. I think at that point in time, 10 years ago, I have no understanding what this really actually translates to you. And today I was like, oh my God. I mean, if the market size is like, you know, 100,000 100, people or another market was like 15, 1.5 millions, you know what, what you have to go after and they, they all come down to numbers. So that will say that for, for the any decision making on top of your instinct, of course. And can I say that that's a particularly uncomfortable thing for creatives to embrace, right? Because to your point... A lot of creatives go out into business and they're like, I have a passion for design, right? And maybe like bakers too, right? I have a passion for baking bread. But it's not always the best reason to go into business for yourself because business is not getting to do that one thing that you want to do. Business is about building a viable company that is in your niche, your area. So what you said before about going back to when we started you need that moment you need that moment of dumb naivety where you're like i'm gonna do this i don't know all the answers but i'm i just want to do it fuck it i just want to start i just want to start this fucking food thing i just want to start a design company yeah yeah just don't and everyone looking around and then everyone's looking around and they're like oh yeah you may succeed but you may fail 
Um, so you need that in the beginning, right? You need that dumb naivety. And then once you have a few battle wounds and some scars and some successes, then you realize how important strategy is, how the, how important the numbers are and how powerful the numbers and the data is in supporting your mission and your goal. So I think that's a huge um, thing that we haven't heard from, from any of any other anyone else in the podcast interviewing yet. So um, I just wanted to say that. So business is kind of like, it's like life, you evolve, right? So you start as a little baby in a bath and then you, you go up into the wading pool and then you go up into the Olympic size swimming pool and you're with the, the big kids. Um, and if you stick at it, you're gonna be successful. And it sounds like you've got a lot of success around the corner. So I'm very, very, very happy and excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, I'm doing just, I think, the, I just do what I love. I think that's the heart of it. Beautiful. If you want to continue the conversation, share your thoughts or suggest topics for future episodes, be sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at PlanCo or visit PlanCo.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and until next time, keep playing, keep designing, and keep pushing the boundaries of what's next. This is Play in Conversations, signing off.